Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nostalgic Mystery Radio. I'm your host, Stevie Kay, and it's my honor to bring you the radio shows of yesteryear. For this episode, I bring you P.D. James's Devices and Desires. But the peace of Larksoken is illusory. Someone is terrorizing the neighborhood, and Dalgleish finds himself drawn into the lives of the isolated Headlanders when Adam Dalgleish visits Larksoken, a remote Headland community on the Norfolk coast in the shadow of a nuclear power station. He expects to be engaged only in the sad business of tying up his aunt's estate in an attempt to uncover what sinister forces are at work. So sit back and relax, and I hope you enjoy this Nostalgic Mystery Radio. Thank you for listening. Mr. Dalgleish, what on earth's up? There's been another murder. I've just found the body. The whistler? It looks like it. But who... Prepare yourself for a shock, Dr. Mayor. I'm afraid it's Hillary Robots. Devices and Desires by P.D. James. Dramatized in six episodes by Neville Teller. With Robin Ellis as Adam Dalgleish. Episode 3. Not a pretty sight. Do you know her, Mr. Dalgleish? I first met her last Thursday at a dinner party given by Miss Mayor. Hilary Robarts, acting administrative officer at Lark's Oaken Power Station. Who's that standing on the beach? Dr. Alex Mayor. He's the director at Lark's Oaken. I used his car phone to call you. He says he'll stay here until the body is removed. <laughs> and he's in for a long wait. Uh, Sergeant, go and explain to Dr. Mayor that we'll be taking our time. There's nothing he can do here except get in the way. Gav. Persuade him to go to bed. I'll talk to him tomorrow. Oh, and, uh, Oliphant? Yes, Gav? If you won't move, tell him to keep his distance. I don't want him any closer. Then uh, get the screens round her. <laughs> That'll spoil his fun. No, you got him wrong, Rickards. He isn't a voyeur. After all, he knew the woman. Hilary Robarts was one of his senior officers. Well, he can't do any good now. No handbag. Well, I think her house key is in that locket round her neck. Mayor recognised it. He gave it to her as a birthday present three weeks ago. Lives close, does she? Oh, you'll have seen her cottage when you drove up. It's just the other side of the Pinewood. Hmm, no rigor mortis. Not even the beginnings. It's in the last few hours, by the look of it. That's two killings in the past week. This Whistler business is getting out of hand. I agree with you there, Mr. Dalgleish. Especially since this one's certainly not down to the Whistler. Really? What makes you say that? Simple. The Whistler's dead. Killed himself in a hotel at East Haven sometime around six o'clock. I've been trying to reach you all evening to let you know. Yep, the Whistler's dead. And this... Well, this is something different. It's a house key, all right. I'll close the door. It's a bit breezy. This looks like the sitting room. By Christ, what's all this? No wonder there was a through draft. Well, watch out for the glass. Most of the picture windows on the carpet. Mm, Here's what did it. Someone lobbed this portrait through from the outside. But, But isn't that... Yes, yes, it is. It's Hilary Robarts. 
I've seen this portrait before, though not half slashed from the frame like this. It's a painting by Ryan Blaney. He lives with his children not far away, Scudder's Cottage. A funny way of delivering it. Sat for him, did she? I don't think she did. Still, this, uh, this Blaney, he's hardly likely to have destroyed his own painting. Well, I wouldn't exactly say it's destroyed. I mean, the canvas has been cut close to the frame down two sides, a, an L shape. As precise, come to think of it, as the L cut into her forehead. Hmm. Tell me, what time did you leave the mill? At 9.15. I looked at the carriage clock on the mantelpiece and checked my watch. And you saw no one during the walk? No one. And no footprints, other than hers and mine. What were you actually doing on the headland? Walking. Thinking. Walking and thinking. I wondered what Terry Rickards would say if I'd confided that I was thinking about the clash of ignorant armies by night, since no poet walks by the sea in the moonlight without silently reciting Matthew Arnold's poem, or that I was considering whether I'd have been a better poet or even a poet at all if I hadn't been a policeman, or, more prosaically, that I was wondering how my life would be changed by the unmerited acquisition of three-quarters of a million from my Aunt Jane. Look, I'm due to meet the pathologist over at Easthaven. He'll take a look at the whistler, then come straight on here. You wanted to see the whistler yourself, didn't you? Well, this seems as good a time as any. The light was on in the drab little hotel bedroom, and the main bulb in its cheap pink shade hung low and shone full on the horror on the bed. The gaping throat and sagging mouth above it seemed stretched in protest at this violence to decency and order. Blood had drenched the sheets and the carpet by the bed. Why here, for heaven's sake? Oh, that at least we know. They've got a part-time barman, 75 if he's a day. He remembers the whistler coming here as a kid. Well, his uh, auntie was manager. Stayed for weeks at a time, apparently. Mainly when mum had a new man, didn't want him around. Helped out round the hotel, picked up the odd tip. Actually went to Sunday school. Now the day is over. Precisely. Neville Potter, age 36, came here in his Sunday best to meet his maker, then thought better of it and got undressed. Probably remembered that his ma wouldn't like him getting blood on his best suit. You should meet ma. <laughs> she explains a lot. No more than I expected. You know what her name is? Lillian. L for Lillian. <laughs> That's something for the trick cyclist to chew over. You pity him, I suppose. Him? And his victims. Well, at least he's saved his country his keep for the next 20 years. You know, one argument for keeping them alive is that we learn from them. Stop it happening again. What did we really learn from Brady and Hindley, Nielsen? Well, you wouldn't hang madmen, I presume. No, I wouldn't hang anyone. I'd find a less barbaric method. They're not mad, are they? Not till they're caught and we discover they're monsters and, surprise, surprise, classify them as mad. Then we don't have to use the word evil. Everyone feels better. On top of the chest of drawers was a message, printed in Barrow, on an odd scrap of paper. It was getting worse. This is the only way I know to stop myself. Beside it were the whistler's weapons and his trophies, a leather dog lead, neatly curled, a blonde wig and blueberry a clasp knife, and next to these a pyramid of tangled, bushy hair, blonde, dark brown, 
read. Well, there's one sample we won't find here. Hillary Robarts. So, now I start looking for a very different type of murderer. And by God, this time I'm going to get him. It's over here, Gov. It's a good print. On grass and pine needles? No, Gov, on sand. Kid must have tipped it from a bucket. Look, we found it soon after you left. Only the one, but it's pretty clear. Photographs? All done. Measurements will be at the lab this morning. Size 10, by the look of it. It's a trainer, Gov. A bumble. You know, the one with the bee on the heel. It's bloody clear. You could almost believe it's been deliberately made to deceive us. Well, I need confirmation that it's a bumble, and I want it fast. I sell them at the sports shop in Blakeney. I could send a chap in to buy a pair of size 10 soon as they open. You do that. And see, he's in plain clothes. We're going to be dealing with intelligent suspects in this case. I don't want to balls up right at the start. Hello? Teresa? Your dad up yet? Not yet, Mr. Jago. He's still asleep. Oh, Okay, well, don't disturb him. When he wakes up, tell him Hilary Robard says dead. Last night, murdered, found on the beach. Do you, do you mean the whistler got her? Looked like that, meant to, but it couldn't have been. The whistler was dead. Had been for three hours or more. Like I told you last night, Teresa. Remember? Yes, I remember, Mr. Jago. Ah, good thing I rang at half past seven, isn't it? You told him, your dad? You told him about the whistler? Oh, yes, Mr. Jago. Of course I did. Oh, well, that's all right, then. Good thing I phoned last night. He'll know why. Ask him to give me a ring, Teresa. And don't forget to tell him what I said. Yes, I'll tell him. What'll you tell me, hmm? That Hilary Robarts is dead. She's been murdered. The whistler, then, was it? Got her, did he? Well... She was asking for it. No, Daddy, it couldn't have been the whistler. Remember Mr. Jago phoned last night at half past seven to tell us the whistler was dead? What? He said he was glad he'd rung us to tell us and that you'd know why. What did Mr. Jago mean by that, Daddy? He meant that whoever killed Miss Robarts meant to blame it on the whistler... That means the police will only suspect people who didn't know that the whistler was dead. But you did know, Daddy, didn't you? Because I told you. Your mother wouldn't like you telling lies, Teresa. But it isn't a lie, Daddy. Mr. Jago phoned when you were out in the loo. When you came back, I told you. And what did I say? I think you said you were glad. We'd all be safe now. And that's what you'll tell the police when they ask. Of course, Daddy. Will they be coming here? Sure to. They'll want to find out if I knew the whistler was dead, but they'll also want to know if I left the cottage last night. But you didn't, Daddy, did you? I was down here till quarter past eight when I went to bed. Then I could hear you down here moving about. I could hear the TV. The television isn't an alibi. But I came down, Daddy. You remember... I couldn't sleep, and I was thirsty. I came down just before nine for a glass of water. Then I sat in Mummy's chair reading. It was half past nine before I went to bed. You do remember, Daddy, don't you? Yes. Yes. I remember. Then there's nothing to worry about. Did you hear what I said, Mr Blaney? 
Your portrait of Hillary Robarts has been found in her cottage, and the canvas has been slashed. Yes, yes, I heard you. I knew that the portrait was missing. When? When did you discover that? Last night at about 9.45. Miss Mayer called for it. She was going to take it to Norwich with her this morning. She'll tell you. Where is it now? We have it. What remains of it? We'll need it for examination. Give you a receipt, uh, naturally. And what good will that do? You can keep it, the picture and your receipt. Slashed to pieces, was it? Not to pieces. Two clean slashes. Perhaps, uh, perhaps it can be repaired. Not interested. You can keep it. Well, I need you to identify it, Mr Blaney. Get Alice Mayer or Adam Dalgleish. They've both seen it. When did you last see it? Thursday evening. I wrapped it up and I left it in the shed. <sighs> What's the good of talking? It was the best thing I've ever done and that bitch destroyed it. Are you saying you know who's responsible? I'm saying nothing. Right, well, we'll be back, Mr Blaney. And uh, we shall have to talk to the children, I'm afraid. Look, you're not going to all this trouble about a slashed portrait. Since when have the police cared about pictures? Oh, we care about criminal damage. But there is something else. I have to tell you that Hilary Robarts was murdered last night. You don't have to tell me that either. I know. Do you? May I ask how? George Jago rang early this morning. We're not expecting me to shed any crocodile tears over her, I hope. The bitch is dead, and thank God, I say. She made my life a living hell, and now she's got what's coming to her. Whoever did it deserves a vote of thanks. Excuse me, gentlemen. I'm Caroline Amphlett, Dr. Mayer's personal assistant. Oh, yes, uh, Miss Amphlett. Dr. Mayer is ready for you both. Chief Inspector Ricards and Sergeant Oliphant for you, Dr. Mayer. Oh, come in, come in. Uh, take a seat. Can I offer you something? Coffee, tea? Uh, nothing for us, thank you. Thank you, Caroline. Uh, I expect you'll need somewhere to interview people. I've organised a room in the medical physics department. I don't know how long you'll be needing it, but I've had tea-making equipment moved in and you can have meals delivered from the canteen. Just to ask Miss Amphlett. Oh, thank you, sir. That's very good of you. Uh, your chief has already liaised with the Atomic Energy Authority Constabulary. So I understand. I've had Hillary Robot's personnel file sent over. Not much in it, I'm afraid. Age, education, early career, the dry bones of a life. Well, perhaps you could put some flesh on them for us, sir. Did you know Hilary Robarts well? Very well. For a while, we were lovers. Jonathan Reeves? Jonathan, I have to see you now. Can you get away? Caroline? Yes, of course it's me. Can you get away? I... I think so. Then I'll meet you in the library, at once. It's important, Jonathan. I must see you now. Would you say Miss Robarts was popular, sir? She was highly efficient, Inspector. The two, I find, do not invariably go together. <laughs> uh, she was respected. And when did your affair end, Dr. Mayer? About three or four months ago. Without bitterness? Alex, I love you. In this new job, you're going to need a wife. I'm the right wife for you. It could work. I'd make it work. I could make you happy. We could be married. We could start a family. Well, I think we both had some regrets, but neither of us imagined that our relationship would be lasting. It was no grand passion, Inspector. 
Was there another man? Well, none that I knew of, but then there's no reason why I should know. So you'd be surprised to learn that she wrote to her solicitor in Norwich asking for an appointment to discuss her will, because she was expecting shortly to be married. We found the unposted letter among her papers. It's dated 25th of September. Yesterday. No, I'm afraid I can't help you, Inspector. She seemed to live a pretty solitary sort of life. Of course, it's perfectly possible that some man from her past had re-emerged and that they'd come to an arrangement. There seems to be a feeling locally that she wasn't much help to you during the public inquiry into the second reactor here. She didn't give evidence, did she? No, the fact is I decided not to involve her with the public side of our work. At several of our open days, she was less tactful than she should have been with some of the questioners. I was a visitor on one of those open days. Oh, were you, Sergeant? Someone asked her about Chernobyl. She made a remark, didn't she, about only 30 dead, so what were people worrying about? Isn't that what she said? In comparing the Chernobyl death toll with other industrial fatalities, she was making a perfectly reasonable point, though she could have done it with more tact. You see, we get rather tired of explaining to the public that the Russian RBMK type of reactor had a number of design weaknesses not shared by the Magnox, AGR and PWR designs. As a result, a similar accident here is impossible. It won't happen here, it can't happen here, and in fact it didn't happen here. All that hardly matters, sir, does it? if we get the results of it. Wasn't Hillary Robart suing someone for alleged libel arising from that meeting? Yes, I think that's generally known. Frankly, Inspector, I believed her mistaken. She had a legitimate case, but she wasn't likely to get satisfaction by going to law. And you tried to persuade her not to, in the interests of the station? And her own, yes, I tried. Uh, right, you'll need to know my movements yesterday. Perhaps I can give them to you now. We both have a busy day ahead, I imagine. Oh, thank you, sir. I was in London on Friday and Saturday and started back for Lark Soken yesterday morning. I lunched in a pub on the way and got home at about four. I had a cup of tea, went for a walk on the headland and was back in Marta's cottage about an hour later. And that would be... Oh, well, half past five or thereabouts. <laughs> At about seven, I had a quick supper with my sister, and I left for the power station at 7.30 or soon afterwards. I was working in the computer room here last night until 10.30 when I left for home. I was driving along the coast road when I was stopped by Commander Dalgleish with the news that Hilary Robarts had been murdered. The rest, you know. Well, not altogether, Dr. Mayor. Were you alone in the computer room? I was engaged on my research. There was no one with me in the room, though there were plenty of people on site. I have a total staff of 530, working in three shifts covering the 24 hours. I suppose you booked in and uh, booked out? Well, you've seen something of the system, Inspector. Every member of staff has a signed identity badge with a photograph and a personal number, which is electronically registered when they enter the site. In addition, there's a visual check of the badge by the gate staff. So, no one could enter or leave undetected, not even the director? Least of all, the director. My check-in time will be recorded, and I was seen arriving and leaving by the gate officer on duty. And there is no other way into the station, sir, except through the guardhouse? Well, not unless you tunnel under the wire. Hmm. You've been unfortunate, Dr. Mayor. Three violent deaths of members of your staff within the space of two months. First, Dr. Gledhill's suicide, then Christine Baldwin's murder... And now, Hilary Robarts. The verdict on Toby Gledhill was that he killed himself while the balance of his mind was disturbed. Was the balance of his mind disturbed, sir? 
He was working with you here on the research side, wasn't he? I have no way of knowing the state of his mind, Sergeant. What I'm sure of is that he killed himself and that he did it unaided. No doubt, at the time, he felt he had sufficient reason. Christine Baldwin's body was found by one of your staff, wasn't it? Miles Lessingham. He told us he was on his way to have dinner with you and Miss Mayor. I suppose he gave you all a graphic description of his experience? <laughs> well, natural, I'd say. Difficult thing to keep to yourself. Well, virtually impossible among friends. Which he was, of course. All friends together. So you got all the gory details fresh from the scene, including the ones he'd been specifically told to keep to himself. Now, who was at Martyr's Cottage when Mr Lessingham arrived? Oh, my sister Alice and I, of course. Hilary Robarts, Mrs Dennison, that's Meg Dennison, the housekeeper from the old rectory, and Commander Adam Dalgleish. Oh, and the Blaney child, Teresa, I think she's called. She was helping my sister with the meal. Right, well, uh, thank you, sir. Look, Inspector, hmm. I suppose there's no doubt about poor Christine Baldwin. She was murdered by the Whistler. No doubt at all, sir. Her hair was found with that of the other victims when he killed himself. Hmm. Then isn't it fairly plain what happened last night? Surely this is what your people call a copycat murder. Oh, quite right, sir. And all those gory details were correct. Very clever. Very convincing indeed. If the Whistler had been alive to commit it. Just two differences, though. This murderer knew his victim. And this murderer is sane. Hello, Caroline. What's all this about? We've got the police on the premises. Chief Inspector Rickards and his sidekick. Do you think he'll want to interview all of us? Well, anyone who knew Hillary. And that includes us, doesn't it, Jonathan? Well, yes, I suppose so. That's what I wanted to talk about. He's in with God Almighty at the moment. I'll have to get back before too long. I might be next on the list. Well? When he sees me, I propose telling him that you and I spent the whole of last evening together, from six o'clock till about half past ten. But, Caroline... Shh! Obviously, I need you to back me up. And it depends, of course, on whether anyone could disprove it. That's what we have to discuss. But we weren't. You're asking me to lie. Caroline, this is a murder investigation. It's terribly dangerous to lie to the police. They always find out. On Friday, you told me that your parents were going to spend Sunday night in Ipswich. I'll be, I'll be all alone, Caroline. We'd, We'd have the flat, flat to ourselves. ourselves. You could come, come over. over. Oh, Caroline, I do love you. You will come, won't you, darling? Oh, I'd love to, Jonathan. You know I would. But I've got something I must do on Sunday. But I... I need you, Caroline. Don't you want to be with me? Look, what's just happened doesn't mean that we have to spend every second of our time together. I've told you that I love you. God knows I've shown it. Don't you believe me? Of course I do. Then just accept that I can't be with you on Sunday night. There'll be other times. Lots of them. Okay? Okay. Did your parents go to Ipswich? Yes, they went. So you were alone in the flat yesterday evening? Well, were you or weren't you? If anyone called or phoned, then obviously I've got to think of something else. No one called. I was on my own until after lunch. Then I went for a drive. What time did you get back? Did anyone see you garaging the car? Did you meet anyone when you got home? And what about the lights from the windows? I left the lights on. We always do when the flat's empty. Mother thinks it's safer. And I didn't get back till after dark. 
I wanted to be alone, to think about us. I drove to Blakeney and I walked on the marshes. I wasn't home till quarter to eleven. Did you meet anyone on your walk? Only in the distance. I don't think they could recognise me, even if they knew me. Where did you eat? I didn't. Not till I got home. Well, that's all right then. We're safe, and no one spied on me in the bungalow, and no one would ring or call. No one ever does. Oh, I don't think I can do it, Caroline. I really don't. Not convincingly. This Chief Inspector Rickards, he'll know I'm lying. I'll look guilty, embarrassed. He'll expect you to be embarrassed. You'll be telling him that we spent the evening alone making love, and of course you look guilty. He'd find it more suspicious if you didn't. Don't you see? The guilt and embarrassment will make your story more convincing. The more embarrassed you are, the better. Look, all we need do is transpose the two nights. Friday night becomes yesterday. Don't fabricate. Don't invent. Tell them what we did, what we ate, the food, the wine, what we talked about. It'll sound true because it will be true. But what happened between us on Friday was private. It was for us alone. Sunday. It happened on Sunday, and it's not private any longer. Murder destroys privacy. We made love. No doubt the police will use a coarser word. If they don't speak it, they'll think it. But we made love in my bedroom on my bed on Sunday. Remember? Oh God, Caroline, I'm so sorry. It's only because I love you so much. I'm not very good at this. I've never. It's my first. Don't worry, Jonathan. It's all right. Everything's fine. Yes, yes, I remember. Then that's all you have to tell them. But why? That's what I don't understand. Why? They won't suspect you. They can't. It's ridiculous even to think it. You got on well with Hillary. You get on well with everyone. You're the last person the police will be interested in. You haven't even got a motive. Oh, but I have. Look, I've got to get back soon. I'll be missed. I never told you this, but I really hated her father. Peter Robarts ruined Mummy. He forced her to spend her last years in poverty. It's through him I lost my chance of a decent education. Look at me, a so-called personal assistant, a dog's body, and that's all I'll ever amount to. You could be anything you chose. Not without an education. Mummy trusted Peter Robarts. She put every penny she had, every penny Daddy left, into his plastics company. I've hated him all my life. Once the police discover that, I'll get no peace. But they can't see what Hillary's father did to your mother as a motive for murder. It's absurd. It was so long ago. The motive for killing another human being is often absurd. People kill for the strangest reasons. But if I can produce an alibi, that will be the end of the matter. They'll leave us alone, both of us. We only need say that we were together, and there will be an end of it. I really must go. You will back me up, won't you? Oh, Caroline. I... All right. I'm asking too much. I know how you feel about the truth, honesty, your Boy Scout Christianity. We all need our self-esteem. I suppose yours is knowing you're morally better than the rest of us. But aren't you being a bit of a hypocrite? You say you love me, but you won't lie for me. It's not an important lie. It won't hurt anybody. But you can't do it. It's against your religion. It's not that your precious religion didn't stop you going to bed with me, did it? I thought Christians were supposed to be too pure for casual fornication. Oh, Caroline! All right, let it go. I'm asking too much. I'm not better. I'm not. And you could never ask too much. If it's important to you, of course I'll do it. There's no danger. 
We're both innocent. We know that. And what we tell the police could so easily have been true. Look, I simply must get back to the office now. I'll be in touch. But we'd better not see each other tonight. I rang you last night. You? Did you? While I was driving around thinking, I stopped at a phone box and telephoned. You weren't in. What time was that? About twenty to ten. Perhaps a little later. All right. You might as well know. I was on the headland last night. The headland? Why? I took Remus for a run. I left the car just outside the village and walked as far as the ruined abbey. I suppose I was there just after ten. You were there. Shh. And all the time she must have been lying dead within a few yards of you. Not a few yards, more like a hundred. And I didn't see her killer, if that's what you're thinking. But someone might have seen you. It was bright moonlight. The headland was empty, and if the murderer was lurking in the trees and saw me, he's hardly likely to come forward. But it's not the happiest position to be in, and that's why I need an alibi. I wasn't going to tell you, Jonathan, but now you know. I didn't kill Hillary Robards, but I was there, and I've got a motive. That's why I'm asking you to help. My darling, of course I'll help. I love you, Caroline. I won't let you down. You can depend on me. In episode three of Devices and Desires by P. D. James, dramatized by Neville Teller, Robin Ellis played Adam Dalgleish. Paul Shelley was Alex Mayer. Bruce Alexander, Rickards, Susanna Doyle, Hillary, Dermot Crowley, Blaney, Kate Wilson, Teresa, Amita Deary, Caroline Amflit, Vaughan Savell, Jonathan, John Baddeley, Jago, and Jonathan Taffler played Sergeant Oliphant. Devices and Desires was directed by Matthew Walters. As a Ladbroke Radio production for BBC Radio Four. This has been a Nostalgic Mystery Radio presentation. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to like and rate this podcast on your favorite app. Also, there's a Nostalgic Mystery Radio YouTube page for your perusal to subscribe to. You can contact me by emailing me at nostalgicmysteryradio@gmail.com. I hope you have a blessed day or evening, and again, thank you for listening.